Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page a Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 137. Laura looked up at him with dead blue eyes. I want to be alive again, she said, not in this half-life. I want to really... I want to be really alive. I want to feel my heart pumping in my chest again. I want to feel blood moving through me, hot and salty and real. It's weird. You don't think you can feel it, the blood, but believe me, when it stops flowing, you'll know. She rubbed her eyes, smudging her face with red from the mess on her hands. Look, I don't know why this happened to me, but it's hard. You know why dead people only go out at night, puppy? Because it's easier to pass for real in the dark. I don't want to have to pass. I want to be alive. I don't understand what you want me to do. Make it happen, hun. You'll figure it out. I know you will. Okay, he said. I'll try. And if I do figure it out, how do I find you? But she was gone, and there was nothing left in the woodland but a gentle gray in the sky to show him where east was, and on the bitter December wind a lonely wail that might have been the cry of the last night bird or the call of the first bird of dawn. Shadow set his face to the south, and he began to walk. And that's our page. And another short page to end a pretty brief chapter. Laura's desire is understandable, for certain. She wants to be alive again. And as she's speaking, she's given a lot more emotion by the narrator. She certainly seems more human than she did when she first appeared to Shadow in the Motel America. So I'm wondering if the undead in this story and in this world become... More human, at least, as time goes on after their resurrection. Laura states that she knows why the dead only come out at night, and it's a sensible reason. You don't look or seem as dead in the darkness. This is also uh, a bit of a callback to her first appearance, when Shadow thought that she looked dead under the fluorescent lights, but also then considered that it can have that kind of washout effect on people all over, not just dead people. It's also a bit of a nod because Shadow had said something about people who were dead usually stay in their graves, and she told him she wasn't certain of that. And so this page definitely seems to carry on that that idea that this world does not have graves. This world does not have people who stay in their graves as often as ours does. I don't know if this is meant to be vampires or zombies or some other combination of things that I'm not considering, but it's definitely true. In the book, there are a number of characters who die and who don't stay in their graves, so as they come up, we can talk about that a bit. Shadow admits to not knowing how to help in this regard, but he'll learn soon-ish. He's traveling with and working for a man who has died and come back to life in his original mythology. So despite the largeness of the task, it's not entirely unheard of in this world. Laura assures him that he'll learn how to do it somehow. And when Shadow tries to ask her how he will find her once he does, and she completely Batmans him. It's one of those weird moments where... We don't get any narration or blocking of the scene. I assume Shadow's back was turned, but it's not explicitly stated on the page, and I almost really like the idea that he's talking to her, turns his head to one side, maybe checking out where the sun is, and then snaps back and she's gone. I don't know. I don't have anything to base it on because there's no damn blocking of the scene on the page, but I like it. The sky at the end of the page is described as a gentle gray, 
which is much different from the other greys we've been told about in the sky throughout the rest of the novel. The storm, it seems, has passed for the time being, and Shadow is headed south. The Shadow has not passed. Wow. Nope. That's not the right word. The storm has not passed completely, but we won't have to discuss that for a little bit more, I think. And of course, as I do at the end of each and every chapter, it's time to discuss the quotation that began the chapter itself. I'm hearing in my ear that I haven't done this before, and I I think that would just be ridiculous. Why wouldn't I loop back around and pad my time by another minute or two by talking about the poem or the whatever the quotation was at the beginning of the chapter? Surely I must have been doing it for the previous six chapters. No? The p- chapter, if you've forgotten, began with the poem from Thomas Bailey Aldrich, the xenophobic one, xenophobic one about people coming to this country and daring to speak other languages than English. Well, I guess in his case, I think it was more England. Still, what a cockle. Anyway, um, the poem at the start of the chapter seems to be the attitudes of the new gods, or at least to a certain extent, the attitudes of the new gods. And I thought that meant that they would be showing up in the chapter itself, but uh, it, it doesn't. They don't. Whoops, sorry. Bad prediction at the beginning when I hadn't read this far ahead, huh? I don't know that the quote at the beginning ties back into the chapter over much. We did meet Mamaji. Uh, who else? Oh, Nancy. No, Nancy was already there, wasn't he? Hmm. We only really met one new character who might have fallen into one of the various groups of people that Aldrich was talking about. So I'm not entirely sure that the quote hits the chapter proper, but it certainly ties in a lot with themes from the novel of immigration and bringing new languages and new gods to new worlds. So I guess maybe we'll think about that as we read on, or I might just completely push it out of my brain and forget to talk about it ever again. But rest assured, the next chapter will start with a quotation too, and I'll have two or three weeks to forget all about it by the end of the chapter, and this ongoing series of discussions will probably end there. Get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com and on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page, and remember, only the gods are real.